the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Pat Williams Power Hour, AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word. This is your hour when Orlando Magic Senior Vice President Pat Williams sits down and speaks with authors who have written books on topics of interest and insight for listeners like you. And now, here's your host, Pat Williams. Once again, for the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour, thanks for joining us here on AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word in Orlando. Jeff Sennis is doing our engineering work today. Andrew Herdliska is our longtime producer. And our first guest is Aaron Treadway. He's in Cleveland, Ohio, lead pastor of Fellowship City Church, vice president of Ambassadors Football International, and author of Don't Miss Your Life, The Secret to Significance. Aaron, uh, welcome to Orlando. It's so nice to talk to you. Great, Pat. Good to be with you. So what's this book about? I guess the simplest way to put it would be it's, it's all about finding a worthy goal for our life, about what we, what we pursue. Your prologue is called The Sin of Success, an autobiography. What, what's that mean? I remember a time I, uh, I did archery, the sport of archery in high school. And didn't mo- know much about the sport at the time, but, you know, you, you shoot the, the arrow at these concentric circles, and the objective is to hit the bullseye, the target, the middle. Um, you know, and I think for a long time I was aiming – at the target of success with my life. But I came to a point where I started to, to believe that success can't satisfy the deepest longings of our soul. And even when I was hitting that, that center mark, the bullseye of success, I just I kept finding that it wasn't ultimately fulfilling me. Part one of your book is called The Problem. And the first chapter here is success the most coveted disappointment of all. Uh, what do you mean by that? Yeah, it's kind of like I was just saying. Um, you know, I'm sure most of your listeners can relate with this idea. We live in a, a success-based culture um, that, that tells us that uh, we are what we have and we are what we do and, you know, that other people's opinions mean a lot. Um, and, and yet when we strive for those things that, and we start to maybe even uh, accumulate and acquire some of those things, I think ultimately what you start to experience is they don't ultimately satisfy. They disappoint. Uh, the chapter called The American Dream. Uh, tell us more about that, Aaron. Yeah, in, in that chapter, just. You know, looking at like what was the what were the founding fathers thinking when they they founded our great nation, and and 
is the idea and the ideologies that we are pursuing today kind of in line with what they originally founded this nation upon. And I think that we've had a little bit of a, of a drift, you know, that, uh, you know, the, the, the idea of the American dream is a little bit controversial, especially in Christian circles today. But I think in its very inception, it's this idea that we would uh, have the liberty to pursue life and, and happiness. And, uh, you know, we, we've shifted a little bit off of that. And then you go to this chapter called the Sisyphean Effect. What's that mean? Yeah, this is a, a guy from Greek mythology. Sisyphus was his name. And uh, if you've ever seen, you know, an image of, of the Greek mythology, you know, the characters, Sisyphus is the trickster. And he's always depicted trying to push this rock up a hill. I don't know if you've ever seen that, Pat, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, basically Sisyphus was, you know, this trickster. He's playing jokes on all the Greek gods, so he gets banned to an eternal punishment. Very simple. All he has to do is push the rock <laughs> up the hill, and if he can get the rock to the top of the hill, then his punishment is over. There was only one caveat. It was impossible to get the rock to the top of the hill. <laughs> Every time he got to near the top, it would roll back down. And, you know, I'm, I'm a guy that I played professional sports for 13 years. I was a professional soccer coach for, you know, a number of years after that. And, you know, I, I've enjoyed some of the things of this world, but it, it feels like, you know, some of the pursuit of success is like that the Sisyphean effect, I call it, you know, where we're pushing this rock eternally up a hill and we're trying to accumulate and acquire stuff but we just never make it to the top. So part one of the book is called The Problem. Now, Aaron, we get to part two, The Solution, and your first chapter is called A New Perspective. Yeah, I uh, I was standing on a field, dirt soccer field in the middle of nowhere Africa one day, and You know, I always had this vision for my life, Um, you know, a certain car that I would drive and a certain house that I would live in. And you know what? I was I was driving that car and I was living in that house. But now I'm standing on the side of this field and these children are playing soccer and I'm watching them and they're speaking this uh, clicking language like and, and I can't communicate with them. But I have this experience that changed my perspective about uh, the pursuit of life, you know, and and what I really should be seeking in life um, on that day. And so I came to, to, to believe that, you know, we really don't have to change our job to pursue uh, God's call on our life, but it might require a change of perspective. And then you go to this topic, a new purpose. Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for me, uh, growing up especially, you know, I had, a, I had one purpose. It was a lot about me and, and my stuff and my things and my glory. And I, I came to know Christ maybe a little bit later in life. Um, grew up going to church from time to time, but really didn't understand the message of the gospel until I was 19 years old. 
And that was a radical kind of transformation for me, but it really uh, became an entirely new purpose when I started to understand that I was created, that I exist for the glory of God, and that God wants to use my life for his purposes, to accomplish his purpose on earth. My guest is Aaron Treadway, uh, Pastor Aaron Treadway. He's in Cleveland, Ohio. The book, Don't Miss Your Life, The Secret to Significance. And then you move from a new purpose to a new pursuit, Aaron. Uh, what's going on? Yeah, it's kind of just making that that uh, final step. You know, if you've got a new perspective and, and you figure out maybe you exist for something more than yourself, you know, how are you going to actually pursue that? What does it look like? And and for me, I kind of, I think it's a shift from the pursuit of success to the, the pursuit of significance. Uh, I believe that what's, that's what we find in Scripture, that we have been created for the significance of God in all things. And so if I could convince you that there, you know, there was a problem with the pursuit of success, then we start to look at, like, well, how do we pursue significance. And then at this point, after part two, Aaron, there's an intermission in your book. I don't know how many books have intermissions, uh, but (laughs) the why is your way. Explain that. Yeah. uh, You know, you you might get tired in the middle of the book. Who knows? (laughs) But uh, as you're you're reading the book, uh, you know, it's a very short break just to kind of like, you know, it's that idea that the the psalmist included, the Selah. You know, it's just a brief pause to reflect, you know, where are we actually heading? And, And maybe in life, as you think about your purpose, why are you doing it? Why are you doing the things that you And I really think that the why has everything to do with what we're supposed to be pursuing in life. And so the why is your way. Before we move to part three, Aaron, Aaron Treadway, our guest, um, vice president of Ambassadors Football International. Explain that to us. Ambassadors Football is uh, is a great organization. I didn't start it. I've been privileged to work with the organization for over 50 years now, um, sharing the hope of Jesus all around the world through the game of soccer. And the organization predominantly works in disadvantaged communities um, all throughout Africa and Asia and, and really just trying to, to use the game of soccer as a tool uh, to connect with young people around the world. Why is soccer the world sport? <laughs> That's a good question. I, I actually wrote my PhD dissertation trying to answer that question. And uh, I'm not sure if I ever did or I didn't. <laughs> but I, I wrote a lot of pages on it. And I think it has something to do with just the simplicity of the game. You really don't need much. And and one of, uh, one of my great joys in life, I, I love to go to Africa specifically, and I always bring a bag of brand-new soccer balls from America when I go. And whenever I'm in these different villages or in these different places, no matter where you go, you see young people playing soccer and old people playing soccer. And they're using balls made out of socks. And balls made out of uh, banana leaves and, you know, just all sorts of things. 
you don't even need to buy a ball, but one of my favorite things to do is I love to trade my brand new soccer ball for their sock ball or their banana leaf ball or, you know, their homemade soccer ball. And I think, you know, it's great for them, but, you know, it's really a picture of that exchanged life as well. You know, we trade our sin for the righteousness of Christ. Aaron, when you mention Africa, most of us have no clue. Most of us have never been there and probably never will be there. Uh, describe the Africa that you've come to know. Yeah, I, I've been able to uh, live on that continent for, for a lot of years. Um, long ago, when uh, I first started playing professional soccer, I felt God called me to be a missionary. And I went to my pastor. And I, I said to him, you know, I'm a professional soccer player, but I think God wants me to be a missionary. He said, well, you should just combine the two and be a professional soccer missionary. <laughs> and uh, my, my church there in California commissioned me long ago and said, go out and serve God through your profession. And uh, my first stop was Zimbabwe, Harare, Zimbabwe. And, um, you know, they say once you, once you go to Africa, it just kind of gets in you. Uh, there's just something about the joy of African people, even though they don't have a lot. Um, they just know this this wonderful joy in their lives. That's fabulous. Fabulous. Aaron Treadway, lead pastor of Fellowship City Church. He's in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, the book, Don't Miss Your Life. And uh, part three, three Practical Ways to Pursue Significance. The first one, Aaron, is called Become Rich Toward God. Uh, I want you to talk to us about that. Yeah, I think this is, you know, one of the, it is the kind of the, the most essential ingredient. You want to live for significance. I, I really believe you can't live for significance outside of Christ. Um, and so, you know, I think a lot of us spend a lot of time, especially in our culture here in America, uh, and we're trying to become rich in the things of this world. Um, and that might create some success, but it doesn't necessarily create significance. And so if we want significance in our lives, one of the most practical ways is invest time in becoming rich toward God rich in the things of God, you know, accumulating, you know, more of God and the presence of God and the richness and fullness of Christ in your life. My guest is Aaron Treadway. Uh, we're talking about his book, Don't Miss Your Life, The Secret to Significance. Uh, we've got more, another segment with Aaron. I want you to stay with us here on uh, the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour uh, just a reminder, again, we're trying to bring Major League Baseball to Orlando, and you can be a big help. There's a website. I want you to go up to the website, orlandodreamers.com, orlandodreamers.com, and just check in and tell us, yes, I like this idea. If you, if you can pull it off, I'd like to be part of it. Uh, I'd, I'd be interested in season tickets. Uh, I think uh, Major League Baseball in Orlando would be uh, sensational. So uh, we need to hear from you, orlandodreamers.com. We'll be back with Aaron Treadway. Uh, his book, Don't Miss Your Life, The Secret to Significance. And when we come back, 
uh, Aaron's going to talk to us about the second practical way to pursue significance. It's called Become Rich in Community. It's the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. It's AM 990, FM 101.5, The Word in Orlando. We'll be right back. More of the Pat Williams Hour in just a moment. AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour, AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word. Now, here's Pat. Author Aaron Treadway is with us. His book, Don't Miss Your Life, and Aaron has advertised. Uh, tell us about becoming rich in community and why that's important. Yeah, Pat, I, I love that uh, verse in the book of Hebrews. 10.24 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. But 25 says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And I think in, you know, coming through the season, we've just come through as a, as a country and, and as the world, really. I think the value of community has, has really been impressed upon us, that uh, we were really designed to be in relationship, not just with God, but one with another, and especially in the Christian life. Um, where, you know, in, in America, so often it feels like um, we're, we're encouraged to run our own race and, and kind of be autonomous and stand on our own two feet. And I'm not against that idea, but I think there's this very biblical concept of, of doing life together, that we are truly better together. And then there's a third practical way to pursue significance, and you call it giving your life away. What does that mean? Yeah, to, to give your life away, I think, you know, that third way to pursue significance is, you know, you've got to come to this realization that, um, you know, it's not just about what you can get. It, it really is about what you can give. And I think that's a totally countercultural idea um, that we would live lives, especially as followers of Jesus, that we weren't looking for what we could get, but truly we were going around looking for how we could add value to the different spaces that we inhabit. The epilogue of your book is called On Purpose. What is that all about? Yeah, Thoreau writes these two words, live deliberately. (laughs) And I've thought about those words for over 20 years, and they just captivated me at a young age that I would live my life deliberately. And I kind of, in modern terms, would say, I just want to live on purpose. I don't want to just drift. I've heard it said that no one ever drifts to success, and I would say nobody ever drifts to significance. You know, you don't just become, you don't start living a significant life. You've got to go at that thing as a goal, as a target on purpose. You know, as I listen to you, Aaron, sharing your testimony, I think uh, testimonies are, 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 are all the same in many ways. I, um, I, 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 tr- I strove for success. Uh, God was not part of it. Uh, I reached certain heights, but but 
but still there was an emptiness in my life. Uh, I, I, I thought if I could just get here, then I'll be fulfilled. Then I'll be happy. But, uh, but no. And then somewhere along the line, uh, I heard about the gospel. I heard about a personal relationship with Jesus and I made a decision that, and that, that, that was what I was looking for. It filled me up. And um, am I, 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 are, are, you, are you capturing what I'm saying? Do you think that's kind of the same uh, testimony? You're, you're hitting the nail on the head, Pat. You know, that's, that's my story. And I think it's the story of so many people where we're looking for fulfillment in so many different avenues and so many different things. But, you know, until you look to, to the, your creator, and you find reconciliation through Christ, uh, you really know that satisfaction, that peace that you're striving for. And that was that was my story. Started out as a young man, wrapped up in sports, wanted to be a big league ball player, strove for it, didn't make it, but got into the front office of baseball, had all sorts of success. And thought, boy, if I could just get that done, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be fulfilled. And I was for a while. But then the confusion, you know, is this all there is? There's got to be something more, doesn't there? And and then um, at some point, uh, someone shared the gospel with me. And I'd been a churchgoer. You know, I, I believed in God. But uh, I didn't know Jesus personally. And when that happened, uh, that that's when everything changes. And uh, now you have a real reason for living. And you can take your, your, your beliefs, your testimony into the field that you're working in. Uh, I, I think that's a little bit of a summary, Aaron. What do you think? I think that's fantastic. So I want to hear about your church, Fellowship City Church. Tell me more. Yeah, I, I kind of back my way into the role of the pastorate. <laughs> I would have considered myself a missionary for over 20 years, a granted a missionary in professional soccer in that world. But uh, along the journey, I did go to seminary and I, you know, I did do a PhD in theology. So I suppose I had the prerequisites to become a pastor. I just didn't have that call on my life. And uh, five years ago, I was serving as an elder uh, of the church that, that my wife and my family and I attended. Um, and serving with Ambassadors Football in a global way. And uh, this church, this particular church, it was called the Fellowship Bible Church at the time, it had been through about a 10-year uh, period of, of difficulty. There was a real leadership gap um, about 10 years. And, and the community that we live in, um, it's interesting. It, it's a very... Um, successful community. Uh, people are highly educated and they're doing great things, but it, it, this community needs a great church. And, and our church, it wasn't great at that time. And so uh, I, I won't bore you with all the details, but uh, God called me very clearly one day to step into the role of a lead pastor. And, and we've really tried to build a model of leadership that is not dependent on my personality and my gifting, but we've really tried to lean into this idea of what does it look like uh, to be the plurality of elders, to lead in team, and really to depend on the, the gifting of, of many 
not the gifting of a few. How do you describe Cleveland, Ohio, to one who's never been there? <laughs> well, since you're you're listening in uh, Orlando, <laughs> uh, it, well, it's not Florida, but uh, you know, Cleveland is a great place. And uh, what I love about Cleveland, I love the people. I've really fallen in love with the people of Cleveland, uh, Midwestern people, just kind of. Uh, they're real, and uh, I love the weather here, uh, believe it or not. Many Clevelanders complain about the weather, but I didn't grow up with four seasons. And there are very four very distinct seasons in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, we're already in winter. <laughs> it's, it's only November, but we're already in winter here. <laughs> uh, do you ever have a spring? That That comes in July, right? That it's close. Spring is the shortest season. It's probably for about two weeks in the, either the end of May or early June. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Treadway. By the way, Aaron, in closing, uh, what do you want people to take from your book, Don't Miss Your Life? Great question, Pat. I, I, I hope that it's, uh, it's an encouragement to people, you know, for a long time, I, I knew Jesus and I, I, you know, I had prayed a prayer and I I had Jesus, but I'm not so sure Jesus had me. I'm sure that uh, I I truly uh, understood what it was to live out his purpose in my life. And so this book is, is kind of about that. If I can offer just a little bit of, of help to, you know, help people figure out just a little bit more. Just take one more step towards fulfilling God's purpose in their life. That's what I would love. My Go guest ahead. has been Aaron Treadway. The book, Don't Miss Your Life, The Secret to Significance. Aaron uh, lives in Cleveland, lead pastor of Fellowship City Church, also uh, has served as a missionary Quite a half hour here with Aaron Treadway. We've got more. Stay with us here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. It's AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word in Orlando. We will be right back. More of the Pat Williams Hour in just a moment. AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour. AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word. Now, here's Pat. Aaron Treadway, our guest in that first segment, talking about his book, Don't Miss Your Life, The Secret to Significance. Aaron, in Cleveland, Ohio, we go from Cleveland to Washington, D.C. We found Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin there, author of Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood. Uh, Jerry is the founder of Kingdom Warriors Ministry, Executive Vice President of Family Research Council, Founding member and former commander of Delta Force, serving 36 years in the United States Army. General Boykin, it's great to talk to you. How are you? I am doing well, and I thank you so much for having me on your program. Jerry, uh, tell us about this book and why you wrote it. Yeah, the uh, the book is actually a sequel to a, uh, another book that I released called Man to Man, and uh, it's it will come as no surprise that uh, I have a I have a real passion for uh, 
trying to get men to step up and be men to be what the Bible has has called them to be, and uh, and I see what's happening to men all across our nation, and uh, you know it's uh, it's a sad day when uh, we have uh, a fatherless homes all over the, the country, and we have uh, in the black community alone it's over seventy percent of babies born today will be born to unwed parents and. Uh, and, it, and and of any race or color, it is uh, it's over forty percent that will be born to unwed parents. So there's an epidemic here of uh, of, of men failing to uh, follow through with their obligations to their children as well as to their their wives and their family in general. Uh, your first chapter is called "Men Needed." And you write about man's problem and God's solution and stand courageous. Uh, tell us more. Yeah, well, in the uh, in the first chapter, we try to capture what's going on with, with men. And we talk about the different issues that men are dealing with. And, uh, and it, it obviously is a plethora of things. But uh, first of all, men are, are out of shape physically. They're out of shape physically. The fat content and the and the lower testosterone levels today. We're about thirty percent lower today, men are than they were uh, a decade, two decades ago. And uh, men are hooked on pornography. Men are dealing with uh, those kinds of things. Uh, men are having trouble uh, in school. Uh, there are more women than there are men uh, going to colleges and universities today. And and uh, so men are are going through a you know a great number of things that are preventing men from being what God called them to be, and uh, and I'll, I will tell you that uh, my effort here and my focus here is to try and get something out to the men, uh, identifying the problems that we recognize that they're dealing with, and give them some solutions for getting beyond these things, and 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 obviously. Uh, pornography is one of the things that has distracted men to the point that uh, they're just not fulfilling their obligations as men. Then you move to topic two, man as a provider, devotion to direction, uh, worth of work, and importance of identity. And Jerry, all the way through the rest of the book, you quote extensively from the book of Joshua. Uh, fill, fill us in about uh, topic two. Yeah. Well, first of all, you, 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 your point is one that I probably should have made, and that is that this book has a sequel to Man to Man, is showing that uh, Joshua is an example of what a man is supposed to be. Those five things that I write about, Joshua is uh, an example. And uh, and one of the things that I discovered as I was actually doing the book was uh, we all assume that uh, when Joshua led the Israelites out into the to the uh, the desert there and and preached his own epitaph and told them about the history of uh, of the Israelites, uh, he came to the end of his speech and he he said. Uh, you know, choose you to this day which God you will serve, whether the God of your fathers, the 
they worshipped on the other side of the Euphrates River or the God of the Amorites in whose land you are today. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Do you know that there is no place that I can find that says that Joshua was ever married or had a family? Mm. He was speaking for his tribe. Mm. Uh, even more impressed by Joshua. He was taking the leadership and speaking for his tribe. So uh, I, I write about man as a provider. Man is a provider not only of the um, physical uh, monetary needs of the family. It doesn't mean that women can't contribute as well, but men have a responsibility, a biblical responsibility to do that. And uh, it, But also men provide other things that are very key. Men provide identity. You know how many young young men and women are running around America today that have no idea who the father is? They don't know where they came from. They don't know what the family history is. Well, a man is supposed to provide that, and I use my dad as an example. He was an uneducated man, but he made sure that I knew who my great-grandparents were and, and what their history was, and and he uh, and I, it was boring to me at that point. But now I do the same thing with my children and my grandchildren. A man is also provides leadership, and uh, we're we're missing the leadership in the home, and that is that is one of the failures I think of of men today that they're just not providing the leadership, and then a man provides direction, and that's what Joshua was doing when he said, "As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." He was providing direction to that family, not just to the generation that was there, but he was looking at future generations. Man provides. A lot of things that go beyond just the monetary responsibilities that uh, a man has to provide for his family. Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin is our guest. We're talking about his book, Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood. Uh, Jerry, we've arrived at uh, man as an instructor. Times to Mm -hmm. teach, learn to discern, and rehearse your history. Uh, tell us all about this. The uh, public school system no longer teaches history. Um, and if you if you go back to 1958, when the book The Naked Communist came out, written by a man, an FBI agent actually named Skousen, and he had been a former Russian spy, uh, he laid out 45 things that the uh, Communist Party USA was going to do to take over America. And one of the things that they said they were going to do, they, they focused on education. And, uh, and of course, they focused on the family and education and a variety of things. But they also focused on on taking history out of the curriculum and, in, and replacing it with uh, socialism so that we'd have a generation of people that believe that uh, uh, socialism was equal to uh, capitalism, but also that they would they would rob these young generations of the pride of being an American. And you can't find history today. I would say to every man that hears this program today, if you're not reading history, if you're not studying American history, then you need to change your habits. Get into the routine of reading about the founding fathers, reading about how the Constitution was written and what it was intended to provide for Americans, and learn about the sacrifices that had been made, starting back with the Revolutionary War, but the but from generations from that point on that have made incredible sacrifices that this nation could be a, a great nation. So we need to, we, a man as an instructor needs to be able to 
share that history, just like Joshua did, just like Moses did. He needs to be able to share that history. But I will tell you something else that a man has to teach, and that is he has to teach his family, his children, to endure hardship, to come through hardship, to trust in the Lord uh, during those periods of hardship. And my, I have a story in the book about my son who went through the Army Ranger School, and it was the worst class in, in years. Uh, there were about 225 people that started, and there were only like 125 that finished it. And it was because of the weather. And, and I was, my son said to me one night, sitting around a, a fire in, uh, in in Alaska on a fishing trip up there, he said, Dad, you know why I made it? And I said, yeah, you're a tough guy. He said, yeah, Dad, but you know what made me tough? And I said, no, I don't. And he said, you remember all those times you would, get me up early in the morning and put me in a duck blind and the wind would blow all day and or you put me in a deer stand and and I'd sit up there and shiver all day and then he said uh, and and you remember when you used to take me and my brother up on the Appalachian Trail and we'd stay up there for days regardless of the weather walking through those mountains yeah I said son I get it he said I knew I could make it because I'd endured hardship before and he said most of those guys had not endured any hardship. That comes back to the fact that we've got soft men in our society today that don't understand hardship. And uh, a man has to be the, the one who teaches them to endure hardship and how to get through it. What a great story. What a great story. Now let's move to man as a defender. Fight for your family. Defend against defeat. Protect the powerless. Uh, fill us in, Jerry. Yeah, one of the things that I am uh, just distresses me is the and all you have to do is watch YouTube or something like that. And you'll see things where a woman is being abused, and there are men standing around doing nothing, and uh, and that just really, uh, really is, I think, a real problem for men in America today. Look, I believe that when you came out of the womb, you came out of the womb meant to be a warrior. Now, people there in our society today will take offense to what I just said, but I'm telling you, a man was meant to be a warrior. And if a man is a a warrior and he is a man that like he's supposed to be, then he is going to step in and do all he can to defend the defenseless. And that's one of my frustrations that I had also with the with the pro-life movement is we had an awful lot of people that, that talked to talk, but they didn't walk the walk. They didn't, they didn't get involved in helping the most helpless elements of our generation, of our society. And that was the unborn child. That a man needs to get involved in that somehow working at a, at a, uh, a crisis pregnancy center or, or, or doing something, but a man has got to protect what he holds dear. That's why when you go in the military, you take an oath to the Constitution of the United States. You hold that Constitution dear. If you do, then you have to protect and defend that Constitution because that's the oath that you take. But uh, we need people in America today that understand that they have a responsibility to, to step into a situation where someone, it could be a homeless man, my son, ran into a homeless man that was being abused. And uh, quite frankly, he he, uh, he settled it with his fist with the, 
harassing him. And I was okay with me. He's a Christian man, but he also understood that it was his responsibility to step in and take charge and not let this occur. So I, I think that uh, it's really important for men to understand, don't just walk away. Don't turn your head and look the other way. Don't say that's none of my business. It is your business if you're a man. You cannot let these things happen. Jerry, what is your definition of uh, the word warrior? Yeah, the warrior is the uh, the person who knows exactly what he's willing to sacrifice for, what he's willing to serve for, what he's willing to even die for in the most extreme cases. And he is he is motivated by a transcendent cause. And I say he, but he can be a warrior too, because there are warriors in the Bible as well. But uh, you've got to have that transcendent cause. What is that transcendent cause? It has to be uh, clearly defined in his mind so that he knows how far he's willing to go for for those things that he really believes in that, uh, that are his uh, personal values. I'm writing it down. <laughs> well, folks, we're listening. We're talking to uh, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin about his book, Strong and Courageous, a call to biblical manhood. And when we return, uh, I'm going to ask Jerry to explain the fifth topic of his book, a man as a battle buddy. Uh, you're listening to the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. We gather like this every weekend, and we're always so pleased when you join us. Right here on AM 990, FM 101.5, The Word in Orlando, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. More of the Pat Williams Hour in just a moment. AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour, AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word. Now, here's Pat. Jerry Boykin is with us. Uh, his book, Strong and Courageous, and uh, as uh, advertised before the break, a man is a battle buddy. And there are three areas here, uh, friendship forged in the fire, iron sharpens iron, mentor other men. Uh, Jerry, you take it from here. Yeah, this is a military concept. Uh and, but but we also need to realize that uh, when we're in a relationship with Jesus Christ, we're in a battle. We're in a battle. We're we're targeted. We're targeted by our enemy, which uh, Peter tells us very clearly uh, that Satan, like a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he might devour. Well, that means you're in a battle every day, and men have to get their their armor on and and, and be uh, what what the Bible calls them to be. But they need a battle buddy in this. You know, the, the probably Jonathan and David were, were real good examples of men that loved each other. I mean, they, they, had a, they had an intimate love for one another. It was not a sexual thing. It was not what some would try to make of it. But, but they were intimate in that. Uh, they knew that uh, each was willing to die for the other. Each was willing to sacrifice with the other. But the story that I love most is Joshua and Caleb. And, you know, they were the two spies out of 
out of 12. It came back and gave her a minority report, which said, look, what these other guys are telling you uh, about the promised land is, is all true. It, it, it is beautiful, and these people are giants, but it doesn't matter. God promised it to us. We ought to go take it right now. And Moses listened to the majority report and wandered around in the desert for 40 years. But 40-plus years later, you, you see in the Bible, you see these two old battle buddies that have conquered the promised land together, led the Israelites across the river, conquered the land, and now they were dividing it up. And old Caleb, the battle buddy of Joshua, the man that had been right there by his side the whole time, the man that he knew he could trust, he says to him, he says, look, I spoke then 40 years ago as it was in my heart. But he says, I'm 85 years old now, but I'm the same man I was then. Give me the hill country. That was the toughest part of the promised land, the toughest. And because they were battle buddies, because he knew, he being Joshua, knew everything about this man, he trusted him, he knew that if the man said, I'll take the hill country, I can conquer it, he meant it, and he could do it, because they were battle buddies. They had walked together. They had walked in the, you know, they'd walked not only in the sands, but they'd walked in the presence of God together. And uh, a man needs a battle buddy that he can go to when he's, he's experiencing fear or doubt or he's experiencing something that is, is a challenge for him. He needs that, that battle buddy that he can go to and say, Brother, pray for me. And you know that that battle buddy is not going to compromise. My battle buddy, I've got a couple of them. One of them is Stu Weber out on the West Coast. He's in Oregon. Yes. I just Last week I was just out in the mountains of Oregon elk hunting with Stu, and we didn't care whether we killed an elk or not. We just wanted to be together. We wanted to share our hearts. We wanted to to just spend time together, strengthening each other as iron sharpens iron. Mm. And every man needs a battle buddy, but that's the hardest thing in the, these things that I listed. That's the hardest thing for a man to do, is to develop an intimate relationship with another man where he's willing to share his innermost fears, apprehensions, and struggles. And know that that guy's not going to compromise him, but he's going to pray for him. And then, Jerry, we move to a topic six. Man as a chaplain, face-to-face. Uh, what's your take here? You know, the feminist movement uh, will not like what I'm going to say, but a man is the spiritual head of the family. Now, I am the spiritual head of my family. I come home some days, and I have no idea if I'm in the right house or not because my wife has changed everything. (laughs) I don't even know if I have any money in the bank because she handles handles all that. But I'm the spiritual head, and and she uh, accepts that and wants it to be that way. Well, a man is the spiritual head of his family. But then there's a responsibility that goes with that. And that is that a man needs to know the Word of God. 
And I will tell you that the, the two things that I want to recommend to all the men that hear your program is if you look at Ephesians 6, putting on the whole armor of God, there are two themes in there. When you really break it down, there are two themes in there. One theme is being in prayer, having a routine uh, prayer life where you come before the Lord every day, at least at least every day. Uh, you come before the Lord, you thank Him, you you give Him glory and honor, and then you you ask Him for the things that you believe you need, but but you accept His will in your life. The other thing is knowing the Word of God. Most men don't read the Bible. Most Christian men don't read the Bible. If the pastor says, open your Bibles too, they'll they'll do that. But do they have a, a program where they read through the Bible, all the way through the Bible, whether it's a year or two years, or whether it's, you know, the next 30 days, you read through the Bible. And every time you read, when you finish, you start over again. You're the chaplain. You're the chaplain. You're the spiritual head. You need to be able to share the Word of God with the people around you, the people that are around you that may, the only Bible, the only word that they may ever hear comes from you. And that's why a man has got to know the Word of God and he's got to be on his knees on a routine basis, uh, pouring out his heart before the Lord. And that's why I wrote that. I called it the chaplain. I could have called it, a, you know, the priest, or I could have called it a number of things, but I came out of the military, so I used the military term, the chaplain. But men have a responsibility to be able to Tell people what the word says, and the and, and the most important thing. And I want everybody to make sure they understand this. The most important thing is that a man, as the chaplain, has a biblical worldview. He can take any problem, any issue that we're struggling with here as a nation, as a society, or as individuals, and he can apply the biblical standards to it. And that's called a biblical worldview. What does the Bible say about it? What does the Bible say about immigration? What does the Bible say about life? What does the Bible say about marriage and human sexuality? And I will recommend to them a, good, a very good book on this. Uh, and it, this book is called Well Versed. And, uh, and this book was written uh, probably about three years ago, but it takes every uh, subject and it, uh, it applies a biblical standard to, to help you develop that biblical worldview. Jerry, what do you want uh, people to take from this book in our chat? Yeah, what I want them to take away from this is the fact that uh, there is a, a, a godly design for men, and if you don't know what you're supposed to do, then get into the Word and search the Scriptures and, uh, and and understand that God laid out a design for men, and it's right there in the Word. Folks, uh, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin has been our guest, founder of Kingdom Warriors Ministry, executive vice president of Family Research Council, uh, spent 36 years in the United States Army. And we're so pleased that he had time for us to talk about his book, Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood. And speaking of books, my most recent book is out. It's a 
365-day devotional. Uh, Every day is game day is the name of it. Every day is game day. And every one of these devotions has a sports theme, a sports story. And then it leads into the devotional uh, aspect for each day. I think you'll enjoy it. So when you go up to Amazon to order Strong and Courageous, uh, get a copy of Every Day is Game Day as well. More of the Pat Williams Hour in just a moment. AM 990 and FM 101.5. The Word. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour, AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word. Now, here's Pat. Thanks for joining us here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. Aaron Treadway, our guest in that first segment, uh, talking about his book, Don't Miss Your Life, The Secret to Significance. Aaron joined us from Cleveland, Ohio. And then what a privilege to talk to Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. Uh, 36 years in the United States Army, founding member and former commander of Delta Force. And uh, his new book, Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood. I was so impressed with General Boykin. Well, folks, um, I hope you have a wonderful week ahead. We're always so pleased when you join us here on the Saturday Power Hour. And uh, we're back next weekend uh, for another session. And uh, I'll be waiting for you here on AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word in Orlando. Have a great week ahead. See you next weekend. God bless. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Pat Williams Power Hour. Join us again next week at this time, where faith comes by hearing. AM 990 and FM 101.5. The Word. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.